0: Good morning. Welcome back. We have our amazing Dorothy, who's going to bring us the word of God today. So, Lord, we just thank you for Dorothy. We thank you for your presence in her. We thank you for the word that you've placed in her, Lord. And I pray that you will just bring that forth, that we can hear, that you will light that fire in us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Julie. That's enthusiastic, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be preaching to you guys, or talking to you guys. Now, we've spoke about the king's coronation a lot. This is uh, my first bit, because we would have all watched it on the tally, we would have all seen Prince Charles become King Charles. Well, he actually was king already, but he'd get in his crown yesterday. It's very good. And he knew from the age of four that he was going to be the heir to the throne. So he knew who he was from a very, very young age. Heir to the throne, one day to be king, and he waited a long time to be that king. We had an amazing queen in the meantime. Do we know who we are as sons and daughters of the one true living God, our king? That's what we're going to be talking about today. And who we're destined to be, who we're living for now, what we're going to be doing on this earth. He would have been trained for it. We're in training from the moment we say to God, yeah, come into my life, I love you, welcome you. We're in training. Who are we going to be to in walking as his people, his children on this earth? So, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. That's from 1 Peter two nine. We are his children. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. From 1 John 3, 1. He's a loving Father. He's there to guide us, to teach us, um, to help us to grow in him, and to know him and his ways much, much better. We're destined to walk as Jesus walked. Jesus tells us in John fourteen twelve. Very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do good works. Um, sorry, will do the works that I've been doing. They will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And we are as disciples. From John 8:31, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, "If you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples." Now Billy Graham wrote about disciples. He said. What is a disciple? First, a disciple is a learner or a student. The 12 whom Jesus called to be chosen companions were were with him day and night. They had a personal relationship with him, walking with him, eating with him, sharing in his conversation, observing the way that he lived, listening to him preach to the crowds. But they weren't following Jesus just to enjoy his presence. Although that's an amazing thing to do, just to enjoy his presence. As Jesus' disciples, they had a purpose, to learn from him, to absorb his teachings, learn from his example, even profiting from his rebukes. And this was true for all the disciples, not just the 12. To be a disciple is a learner, says Billy Graham. So, we're his disciples, his children. We know that he loves us and cares for us. We know that he teaches us. So, what do we do with all that information? Now we know this is who we are. Well, we could just sit around, stay at home, sit comfy on our settees, put our feet back, watch the telly, do not a lot. And think, that's amazing, that's exciting. One day we can do all those things, brilliant. That's not really what Jesus is telling us. Not one day, it's for now, it's for today. So we're going to look today about what he actually said to his disciples. What was Jesus' last words that he said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven? We're going to have a look at that. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen to 20 says, Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. And then Mark 16 says similar, uh, 15 to 18. Go into the world, preach the gospel gospel to the nation. Sorry. Go into the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany accompany those who believe. In In your name my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. So both Matthew and Mark, we hear the command to go. So it's not about sitting on your comfy settee at home. The command is to go. It's still the command for us today. Jesus tells us, go into the world, make disciples of all nations. That could just be as simple as talking to your neighbor, talking to your family, or it could be traveling miles across the world to preach the word to somebody that you don't even know, or to big crowds. Each of us has a different calling on our lives, and as we grow in relationship with God, we get to know what that is. But in the meantime, we're all called or commanded to tell others about Jesus how he relates to us, what his word says. And our testament is about him in our life. Because if we have a relationship with Jesus, we've all got a testimony about him that we can speak. Even if we think it's a tiny little thing, it could be a massive thing to somebody else when we say it. I'm using the word command because Jesus didn't say it's an option. He didn't say, when you feel ready. Maybe we'll do that on Tuesday about 2 o'clock. No, he says, let's go. Take or tell the dis- oh sorry he says let's go make disciples of all the nations. It can be really daunting for some of us for that because we could feel shy, we could be worried about our words or what we're going to say is going to be wrong. I used to be very 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 shy, very worried about things like that. God has changed me. God can change people. God will give them courage and confidence. Deuteronomy thirty one. Tells us about boldness and strength because Moses is talking to the Israelites, telling them that he isn't going to cross the Jordan with them. And he encourages them in verse 6 because of the enemies that lay ahead of them. Now, when we're thinking about going out talking about Jesus, we have enemies, or no, I used to, the enemy of fear. What are people going to say? What are people going to think of me? Dare I mention his name in public? It's all enemies. Deuteronomy 31, he tells them, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you and never forsake you. It's still very relevant today. Be strong and courageous. Speak the word of the Lord. Speak his name. Go and tell people that you know him, you love him, and how he is changing your life for the better. Matthew 10, where Jesus is sending the disciples out, he says in verse 19, But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are going to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. It is not you who speak, it is the Spirit of the Father who speaks through you. This, again, is still really relevant today. Holy Spirit is sent for us as believers of Christ to help, to give us words when we can't find words. And I love that he does that, because if he didn't ever do that in me, I would never be up here standing and speaking now. First time I became a Christian, I didn't get to know God very well. I spent a long time not telling anybody that I knew Jesus. Only the people at church. It was a bit pointless because they already knew that. The second time I asked God into my life, I was much more open, more aware of his love for me. It started with a simple dropping into a conversation, the fact that I actually went to church. And then sometimes that led to more conversations. Sometimes it didn't, or sometimes it led to a conversation later on in the week or something. But it was a start, and that's all that Jesus is asking us. Start. Move go and do something. And sometimes we, can't, um, we find it hard to mention the name of Jesus in case we offend somebody, in case it's political correctness. But I've just said, Jesus promises that he will always be there with us, so we shouldn't have a fear. We just need to trust him and do as he's asking us to do. In Luke 12, verses 4 to 5, Jesus says, I say to you, my friends. How cool is that? Because he calls us his friends. We are his friends. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after have no more that they can do. I will show you with whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I say, fear him. Now, I think that sounds really dramatic when you read that. Um, You can take it totally the wrong way. But it's not a fear of... I'm petrified because you're going to do something terrible for me. It's a um, like a reverence fear that means you love him so very, very much that you just want to do what he wants to do. You want to do his will and follow his way. So it's not a horrible fear. It's, a, it's an amazing, I want to please you, not because you're going to do harm to me, but I want to please you because I love you so, so very much. My Bible study uh, notes put it like this. Fear of opposition or ridicule can weaken our witness for Christ. Often we cling to peace and comfort, even at the cost of our walk with God. Jesus reminds us here that we should only fear who controls eternal, not merely temporal consequences. Don't allow fear of a person or a group to keep you from standing up for Christ. And Jesus also tells his disciple as they go that they will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well, and we are to do the same as well now we 're really proactive in this church about doing that, and we 've seen healings here, and we 've heard of other healings as well, so in obedience and belief we 've prayed for and seen healings we've, myself has been verti- uh, myself 've been vertigo. myself have been healed from vertigo many years ago, healed of painful knees. I couldn't walk downstairs properly in the morning. That's all gone, never come back. We've heard of healings of gout and arthritis and many more healings that we know about. Our God keeps his promises and as we pray in his name, we have seen the sick healed. And I pray that we will see and I am expectant to see much more healing in this church as well as we go along and as we pray for other people. Jesus also tells his disciples to go, and be, to go and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, saying that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever doesn't will be condemned. Baptism is an outward sign to other people. It's showing them, this is who I believe in. This is what I know. I know Jesus. And you can, a lot of people for baptisms, it's a big event. It's not just... hidden thing in a room it's a big event that you invite people to come and see you and it's a good thing to invite you're letting people know I know Jesus, come and find out about him so many of us may have been baptised or christened when we were little when we were babies, but that's not our decision we didn't make that decision to follow Christ then, that was our parents saying that they were going to instil things into us or just a tradition that they're following their family, we don't know. But when you make that decision as an adult, or even as a young child, you are making that personal decision. That's more, that's your heart connection with God, and that's when you can continue that relationship with him and carry on. And it's a good place. Invite your friends and families. This is it. I know Jesus. I'm being baptized. Come and see. It's an exciting, exciting thing to do. But the disciples were told, baptised in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, indicating to new believers that their God is three in one. It's not just one God that rules over everything. It's God the Father, loving, loving Father. It's God the Son, Jesus, who walked on this earth, and it's Holy Spirit that is sent for believers afterwards so that we could still have that continued relationship with him. didn't just leave us on our own. God wanted relationship with us right from the very beginning, right from Genesis. And he still, still wants relationship with us. They were also told about his uh, protection for believers in Mark 16 to 18. They will pick up serpents. They will drink deadly poison. If they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them. I don't think this means we're going to go out and find deadly poison I don't think we're supposed to be going and picking up deliberately serpents that will kill us. I think it's speaking about the protection that is over us. If we're stupid enough, excuse me, if we're silly enough to go and do that, God is there. God is going to protect us. God would have most probably told us before it's a bad idea to do it. But if we go ahead and do it, that's our decision. Because he's not overpowering, he's not going to stop us, but he is there to protect us, he is there to guide us. That's what Holy Spirit is coming down within our relationship now, to keep us safe. To keep us following his word and his commands and not going off in the wrong direction. Jesus told us when he was um, being tested for 40 days, he actually says to the devil, it says, do not test the Lord. Not sure if that's the correct wording because I've lost where I am now. But he says, do not test. So now we look at what Jesus' last recorded words were in Luke. From Luke 24, 49, sorry, 46 to 49. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now that was a like a bit of a light bulb moment for me. Because it says, it says he forgives sins. We know God forgives sins, but they will be preaching his name from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the place that Jesus died, the place that Jesus lived and walked right from that moment, from the moment he died, there was going to be, his word was going to be preached. There was no gap. Jesus does not want a gap. He wants the world to know about his preaching. He wants the world to know about him. There's no gap in his in the preaching of Jesus. And I thought that was amazing for me. That was just a light bulb. So, and we know that the disciples stayed in the city. They did as Jesus asked them to do. We read in Acts 2 about the day of Pentecost when they received the Holy Spirit. And this is from verse 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rush in. "'Wind, I know it's wind, sorry, wind. (laughs) "'And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. "'And there appeared to them tongues of fire, "'distributing themselves as they rested on each one of them. "'They were all filled with the Holy Spirit "'and begun to speak with other tongues "'as the Spirit was giving them utterance. "'Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, "'devout men from every nation under heaven.' And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in their own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these, those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each hear them in their own language to which we were born? And then it goes on to tell you where all these people are from. I'm not going to attempt to read where all these people are from because it's going to be gobbledygook. But you can read that in Acts 2, verses 9 forward. But we know that they are all from, different, um, from devout men from all the nations. And they said, we hear them in our own tongue speaking with mighty deeds of God. And they continue to be amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Some of them were mocking and saying they're full of sweet wine. If we trust God to fulfill his promises, so like the disciples trusted God and waited for the fulfillment of Holy Spirit, they didn't just go on their own way thinking that's the end. If we trust God to fulfill his promises, we can be as the disciples then. When they spoke in boldness, we know that Peter spoke um, a long sermon after he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He spoke in boldness. We can speak in that boldness. We can, we can. They laid their hands on the sick and they had, all right, sorry. I've lost my, I'm going with this one. His disciples trusted what Jesus said. They waited. We can trust what Jesus says. He will fulfill his promises. The Holy Spirit was not just for them then. The day of Pentecost was not just for them. It's for us now. Holy Spirit is for believers right now in this place all the time. We can have that as well. The disciples spoke in different tongues when the Holy Spirit came upon us. Many of us speak in different tongues now. We were praying at the back. Now it's a, just Holy Spirit utterances through us that we don't even know sometimes what they're saying, what it means. But it's a different t- sort of prayer. It helps. It's it moves us on. So we can be like that to people now. As the disciples spoke to in different their, different languages all of a sudden people that couldn't understand couldn't understand the word of god they could understand because they heard it in their own language we can be like that to people now if we allow holy spirit to work through us we can be speaking not foreign languages some people do i have heard that in different countries they'll go to a different country and holy spirit will give them a different you know that language to speak it's not necessarily that that but when we're speaking to people now, to people that we know, if we allow Holy Spirit to speak to us, we can have the right words to say that will allow them to have an understanding of God that will maybe hit on something that's in their heart. Maybe two or three people have spoke to them beforehand and we're that last person that they actually go, hey, I want to know your God. Tell me more about him. That's where we're going with that. (laughs) one. Peter spoke. Amazing. He spoke in confidence. He spoke in boldness afterwards, and that's how we'll be able to speak as well. He spoke of Jesus. He spoke of biblical truths. Now after speaking them, speaking, the crowd asked, "What should they do?" And he said, "Repent and baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. You will receive the gift of Holy Spirit. The promise is for you." And for your children and for all who are far off. We're far off. That's us. It's still our promise. It's still us. For all whom the Lord will give, our God will call. 3,000 people were added to their number that day. And you imagine speaking and 3,000 people coming to the Lord. That is an amazing thing to see. If we can... (laughs) Our command is to Go. Maybe one day we will talk and 3,000 people will come to know the Lord. Maybe not. Maybe we will talk and our neighbor will come to know the Lord. Our friend will come to know the Lord. And we do it a little bit and a little bit at a time. Maybe we will be called many, many more places. We don't know because we just follow God and follow what he says and follow his will. But I would love to. I know... Some people here have brought people to God. I would love to have that conversation with somebody and you just say something because you're allowing Holy Spirit to work work through you and that person says, tell me more about your God. I want to know him. I would love to do that one day and I pray that we all do that to our friends and our neighbours or even someone down at Tesco's because it can be anyone. If we are open-hearted and... God will lead us to whoever needs him right there and right then. Whether we're talking to them about God, whether we're offering prayer, we just are open and following his lead. So actually, I don't want to miss that opportunity today. I know that each and every one of us in sitting here knows God personally. But if people are listening on the recording later, if you've heard his words today and you feel that you, it's something you want to do, that you say, hey, I want to know your God. I want to know him personally. It's a very simple prayer and you can say it in your own words. All you do is ask him to reveal himself to you more. Ask him to forgive you things that you've done wrong in your life and ask him to show more of him to you and to come into your heart. And I think I would love to know if anybody on the recording has done that. So if you want to contact us at slawatriverchurch.org.uk, then we'd love to hear from you and pray with you some more. Amen. But in finishing up, we as Christians know God and have a relationship with God. What about Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is somebody that will is part of God. He helps us to lead, to go forward, to step out in boldness, to bring to have those words of different tongues, to have words when we don't know, as I'm now when we don't know what to say, to have those words. So I want to pray for us all here and anybody online that wants more of Holy Spirit. I'm just gonna do that now. So if you want more of Holy Spirit, just be in an acceptance mode, mode right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to walk on this earth. We thank you that you sent Holy Spirit for us afterwards. Father God, we thank you. We pray more of Holy Spirit on each and every body person now, everybody now. Lord, I pray you give them words to speak when they have no words. I pray you give them boldness when they're feeling shy. I pray you put people in front of them that ask, tell me about your God, and they don't rush away. But I pray you light up our lives, Lord, with more of you. Help us and guide us, Holy Spirit. Help us and guide us, Lord. So we pray more of you, Holy Spirit, more of you to come to help us to move into the place where you want us to be. For your glory and for your kingdom, Lord. Amen.